What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three guys more scared about AI than ever before. I'm Matt Johnson, and I almost had a panic attack in the theater while watching this movie. I'm Keith Baker, and I can't decide which ice cream flavor is the best. And I'm Austin Terry, and the next great drinking game will be taking a shot every time a character says AI in I this movie. I think I would perish <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, on today's show, we have a new movie release promising to give us a fresh new sci-fi take with Gareth Edwards, the creator. After a nuclear detonation in Los Angeles and a war against artificial intelligence, an ex-Special Forces agent is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war. But before we get to that, guys, this movie takes place in 2055. So I want to ask you, do you think we're 30 years away from AI Armageddon? Because I kind of think I do. I think us lame humans are not long for this world. Yeah, I think we're much closer to mm -hmm. AI Armageddon than even this movie thinks, because uh, we already have, of course, the likes of ChatGPT and things like that. Last year, there was a guy at Google saying he thought Google's AI was sentient. Um, there was a <laughs> article earlier this year about ChatGPT declaring its love for a New York Times wow. reporter. So something's going on. There's there's a ghost in the machine. I hate that word sentient. <laughs> it just it freaks, freaks me out, me out too. Time I hear it. And it's been thrown around a lot lately. Like they're just like, hey, we did this like fun experiment. Oh, look at this. Like here here's a robot. Have fun. And then it's like, oh, uh, then like two weeks later, they're sentient now. It's like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> He's sentient. <laughs> what <Help>. is? <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me if this sounds familiar because this was actually the plot of a Black Mirror episode. But just this week, there is a new AI like wearable technology announced where it will record all of your conversations and transcribe them, and then you can go back in time and look at things you said and like review every conversation you've had. It's like a pin that you wear on your shirt. Oh man, that just all this should have said like in traffic. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'd be thrown in jail. Yeah, I, I would not be allowed to have a license, I think, still. <laughs> so obviously, AI is very scary, and there's going to be another news story next week about something that equally scares us, guys. But before we get ahead of ourselves and get to that, let's just go ahead and get into this episode. Austin and Keith, did you guys know anything about this movie going in? The creator, of course. Um, and then let everyone know your non-spoiler thoughts on it. I've been really excited for this one for a while. I feel like the trailer came out of nowhere and like blew me away. And then when I found out it was Gareth Edwards, you guys know I'm the biggest Rogue One fan. So the idea of him making like an original sci-fi movie full of action was so exciting to me. So I've been really looking forward to this one. I would say this is probably up there as like one of my most anticipated of the year. That's how excited I was for it. And I would say I liked everything I saw in this movie, but I didn't love it. Um, this is one where I was really thinking this would have been better as a show because this world that they created was so interesting. I wanted to spend more time exploring it, learning more about the AI human conflict, learning more about every kind of character that we meet in this movie. And there just isn't enough time to do that in a two hour runtime. So where they allocated their time, I thought made sense for the story, but I did feel like we rushed through a lot of things. It's a visually stunning movie. I was very blown away, especially we'll talk about this later, but when you find out what the budget was for this movie, this movie looks insane um, for how much money they actually spent to make it. The action's incredible. Um, the actual like lead characters, John David Washington and our younger AI person are really good together. I got some Last of Us vibes there, so... I liked everything I saw. I just think there were issues with how they chose to tell some of the story, some of the stuff they glossed over. Um, overall, I would still recommend it and think this is worth seeing in theaters, though. 
I'm not a big trailer guy. Y'all know that. So I didn't watch it. And that was the only time I had heard about it. And then I forgot about it until we said we were doing it for this week's episode. And looked up, looked it up on IMDb and I saw the cast. I was like, oh, damn, that's a badass cast. This is going to be a really cool movie. It's kind of a cool idea with AI. But man, th- I think this is for me, the way from, from what I took from what I took away from it, uh, walking out of the theater was like, man, that was a really cool idea for a movie. Just like super poor execution for me. Um, not that the, not even all the writing was bad. I think I think all the all the actors had good performances. John John Washington, um, Ken Watanabe, and the other people they were all good. Um, like you said, Austin, the action was awesome. The explosions looked good. The visual effects were good for me. I think it was just the way they were explaining things, which is super vague and just not. I don't know, just not detail oriented enough for me. Like as far as how this AI and this world works, they don't really give you a ton of information. It's very high level, and they just kind of expect you to roll with it. Yeah, they're just like okay, like. But there's like I have I had all these questions as I'm watching. Okay, how does that work? Like how do they know to how do they know to do this? How and we'll get into it more later. Without I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, for me it was just hard to follow. I didn't know who the root to who to really root for in the story either. It felt like you were supposed to be like have some sympathy towards one side, and then you're supposed to have sympathy towards the other side at one point, and you're kind of like, I don't know, is there a bad guy in this story? I don't really know who to root for here. And then once the credits rolled, I was like, okay. I mean, I guess it was cool, cool idea, but I didn't come away from it thinking like, oh my god, that's badass, or um, you know, what a what a cool heartfelt like ending or anything like that. So that's where I'm left. Yeah, I think I'm unfortunately closer with Keith. I, I, I do agree with a lot of what Austin said. I would recommend it. I mean, it's a visual feast. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I just didn't feel much while watching this. And I think that's kind of what it comes yeah. down to. Why I can't put it in my like top tier sci-fi movies, you know, with like the Blade Runners of the world. I know stuff like that have been called... Um, not similar to this movie, but I guess maybe inspiration. But it's like, I, I feel a lot while watching that. And those movies are about AI and kind of humans and the difference between them as well. But this, I, I just didn't really feel anything when it came to the relationships between like human characters and human characters or human and AI or AI and AI. I just like, I don't know. I, I don't think the writing supported some of the more emotional stuff. And that's kind of what kept me like, man, these scenes are a little boring. And, you know, once we get over that two-hour mark and I'm not feeling anything for the characters, that's what makes me go, mm, I just don't think I could really recommend this movie outside of the fact that it looks so good. Um, but really, maybe the most damning thing I could say is the most exciting thing that happened in this movie is around the two-hour mark when I left to go pee. And um, I held it for a long time. I didn't know how long this movie was going into it. <laughs> I walked out, I went to the bathroom, and I don't know if you guys, I want to talk to you guys about this. I want to see if you've had this type of moment, because I've been to so many movies in a theater, but I don't, this has never happened before. So I'm standing in a movie theater bathroom alone, right, using a urinal, and then it gets flooded. So many people walk in. So what does my mind say? Oh, the movie just ended, right? Because why else would so many people walk in? So I finished up, I walked out, 
And I walk in, the credits are rolling. My best friend Keith is not in his seat in the back corner. So I'm like, oh, okay, of course that makes sense. I guess he didn't wait. He's outside. So I call him. And this is key. This is key because something very unfortunate happened. As I'm walking out, I call Keith and I walk past a man wearing a black polo. So I just assumed that he worked at our local Cinemark. <laughs> and there's a lot of assumptions in the story, and you know what they say about assuming. It makes an ass out I of you and ass. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I call Keith, and I, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. For the rest of Keith and I's friendship, we're going to have this story. <laughs> I call him, and I say, hey, man, where are you? And he's like, I'm in the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> then I just, I basically just hung up on him. I was like, okay, okay I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and so I like looked up at the um, like neon sign above the auditorium and none of them said the creator. One of them said Saw X. And I was like, am I at the end of a Saw movie? Like is Tobin Bell's Jigsaw enacting his twist on me? Because I feel really nervous right now. What just happened? Um and then I, I was like, okay, well, maybe I just walked into one theater over. I walked into the wrong theater. I wasn't paying attention. So when I try and do that, a guy says, sir, you can't go in there. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, no, you can't do that. And so I think what happened is either this guy was pranking me or he actually did work there. And he saw me go into a bathroom, walk out of the bathroom walk into another theater, see credits roll, walk out, call someone and say, hey, man, where are you? Hang up the phone and then try and walk into his theater. And he was like, this guy is sketchy. <laughs> so it was a weird thing. So then I had to pull out my phone and find like my mobile confirmation. And by the time I did that, he had like walked away and I, I don't know where he went. So... Then I just walked into the theater, and as I did, Keith was there. And then we sat down, and conservatively, like one minute later, the movie ended. <laughs> but to put a button on this story, the best part is, I was just thinking about yesterday how Keith must have felt as somebody sitting in a movie, getting a call from the person that he went to the movie with, and go... And, like, I just walked out to go to the bathroom. I didn't say, hey, man, go into the bathroom. I just got up and left, obviously, like anybody would. And I was like, yeah. and then he gets a call, like, a few minutes later. Hey, dude, where are you? Because <laughs> I thought it, the movie ended <laughs> and he had walked outside. <laughs> so yeah. we both, we were yeah, both from in the my middle of a jigsaw was... trap. We, we both had a twist <laughs> happening on us. I, I was so nervous and scared. Yeah, from my perspective, it was just so funny. Yeah, I was getting the call. I'm like, why is he? Is he sick or something? Why is he <laughs> Did calling Matt, me? Like, trip so I start walking on the sink in the bathroom, and now he's like, delirious. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally walking up the stairs, and as soon as we sit back down, there, it, it just goes bong, and the credits roll. We're like, oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! Well, now that um we have given our thoughts on the creator, and I've told my easily my most embarrassing theater story of all time. I did not know that, that would happen as a 29-year-old man. I thought that this would have happened when I was 16. A uh, close second would be when my friend Austin and I went to go see G.I. Joe Rise I was going to say, Cobra, you remember the first time... And he ate a piece of popcorn and almost choked on it. I just like, kind of like lightly slapped <laughs> his back and hoping that it would come out of his mouth. It didn't. Eventually it did. But um, 
anyway, Joe, Joe, Rise of First Cobra. First time we ever saw a movie together, too. Film. I think we could all agree on that. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into spoiler territory, everybody. Uh, the creator is an interesting one. I think there's value to seeing this movie. I think you'll have a good time. But unfortunately, despite how good the movie looks, and this is going to be my last non-spoiler question, do you guys think there is much of a reason to see this in theaters? I think if you really care about action and visuals, you should see it in theaters because it looks great on the big screen and the sound in the theater is incredible for the action. Um, but if you just want like a decent sci-fi movie to put on, I think you can wait till you're at home. All right. So with that, let's get into it, everybody. If you have not seen The Creator and want to, make sure you go see it because the rest of this conversation will be full on spoilers. So let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Austin and Keith, as always, let's lead this off with some cast, crew, and critical reception talk. Before we get into our roundtable discussion, what do you guys got for me? All right, so the creator is directed by Gareth Edwards, who is most well-known for Monsters, Godzilla 2014, and Rogue One. The film is written by Gareth Edwards and Chris Weitz. The former of that is actually most well-known for American Pie. And, of course, our score for the film was composed by Hans Zimmer. All right, going to our cast, we got John David Washington as Joshua Taylor. Madeline Yuna Voiles as Alpha O. And we got Gemma Chan as Maya. Ken Watanabe as Harun. And we got Allison Janney as Howl. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives? Any negatives? What do we got? I'm going to give a big stinking negative to Allison Janney as Howl. <laughs> this has to be the most one note villain performance I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, but from the moment she got introduced to the end of the film, I was like, this character is annoying me, and they're only getting worse. So, did not enjoy her. Um, I will give my main highlight, of course, to Gareth Edwards. He's the main like driving force behind the visuals of this movie. He chose to shoot it practical. The studio, I guess, was originally planning for like a three hundred million dollar budget, and he came in and said, "I can do this for eighty five. So, props to him. Yeah, I'll shout out that too, Austin. The visuals were awesome, like especially like the missile scenes um, with the uh, what was it called, the Nomad? Yeah, uh, like the. The, the nomad ship that is uh, doing like the scanning and that um and that like the idea of that i thought was so cool because it kind of felt like the perspective of a citizen in star wars when the death star is mm. active like mm-hmm. just having that thing hovering over you all yeah. the time like yeah. what an intimidating presence i loved how like every skyline shot the nomad is visible yeah and like oh man just like the fear that it instilled like when people see it coming it's like, oh my god nomad found us like i found our little village and all that it's like super scary um even the ai like uh looked really good like the ai like the heads oh, yeah. uh, on the Incredible. back of the people that Incredible. looked really cool yeah um um and then my negatives is what i kind of said earlier just lack of explaining anything really like you're just kind of forced to just go along with all of it uh i would have liked to have known a little bit more about the like the lore of this world and this futuristic dystopian time yeah, I totally hear you guys on that. I think my positive is going to echo both of your guys is just like the VFX department. I think, you know, they took Gareth Edwards direction and kind of that charge and just pretty much totally killed it in every aspect. I mean, like Austin said, a lot of this movie looks so practical. I thought the acting, with the exception of Alison Janney, <laughs> was uh, horrible. Was, uh, Absolutely yeah, horrible. I was like, oh, man, I love Alison Janney, but this is just not it. Um, everybody else I thought was fine, but 
not enough to shout out. So I think I'm kind of left with this point of, you know, this movie's a visual feast. So everybody that worked on the visual aspects of it deserve like high marks. And that's, I think, the best thing I can say about it. Rafael Motomayor of Slash Film called it visually stunning, but a predictable and dumbed down story that feels like Edwards doing James Cameron's avatar in terms of presenting bold world building and sci-fi ideas, but without the emotional residence of that giant film. This is a very cool movie, but not necessarily a very good one. I kind of like that quote, at least in terms of how I felt about the movie. Um so getting into the box office talk that we've kind of alluded to several times now, this movie cost $80 million to make, which is insane <laughs> and so incredibly impressive for how great the movie looks in both scope and scale, I think. But it has only made around $39 million so far after being out for over a week at the time of this recording. So this means the movie probably needs to make around $160 million only to break even. And so far, they're only of a quarter of a way there. So that probably means we're looking at another box office bomb, which seems to be continuing kind of this weird, strange trend that we've been seeing a lot of in our 2023 movie reviews, um, whether it be a blockbuster or just like a kind of like in general, a big budget film. We have not seen a lot of hits. So I think that's kind of worth maybe talking about as to why. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at the box office numbers because I was expecting with how good the trailers looked for this one to go one of two ways. It, it comes out and gets panned and nobody sees it. Or I was expecting it to come out and have good word of mouth and for it to make a decent amount of money because it is an original story. It's not a sequel or a Marvel movie or anything like that. So I have been surprised because the reviews have been somewhat decent uh, for this movie. Like it's it hasn't been getting panned or anything like that. So I'm surprised audiences haven't gone to see this one. Yeah, me too. Because like AI is like you know the hot thing right now that everybody's talking about um, all around the world. It's like one of our main current topics. So it's yeah, you would think that more people would be interested in something like this. Maybe everybody's just too take. scared. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, but it's also know. interesting on that note because I was looking at Gareth Edwards' filmography uh, earlier today whenever prepping this episode, and I thought it was super interesting that um, he's been developing this since. 2020 so this movie was supposed to come out earlier it was titled differently um so i'm sure covid and stuff like that pushed it back and then they didn't get around to filming until much later but this movie has been in development for quite a few years and his last movie uh was rogue one in 2016 all right guys so with that let's go ahead and go a little bit deeper obviously we're talking about the ai i think that's where we're going to kind of start with this conversation but let's get into our roundtable discussion we each brought a couple points we wanted to talk about so i think Maybe the most natural jumping off point in the place to start is with AI itself and kind of like framing it as um, the concept of this movie. It sounds like, you know, whether or not we have somebody on this conversation that is like higher on the movie or lower, it doesn't really matter. It's just like this is a concept worth exploring, of course, in sci-fi, obviously. So I think on paper, this movie kind of rocks. So where do you guys want to start with kind of the whole AI conversation and the premise itself? Yeah, I thought the concept was perfect and timely. And I, I did like the intro to this movie where they explained that, you know, we've been working with robots forever and they've we finally got them to a point where they can think for themselves and kind of be integrated into society. So like getting you right into where we need to be in like the present day of this movie, thought they did that very effectively. Where I thought they did this movie a disservice was when later on they reveal what the robots want and like 
what actually happened with the nuclear bombing originally. And that's glossed over in four minutes and like does all those big reveals a a real disservice in the movie. Yeah, I thought the whole like LA being nuked thing was a good little opener to kind of like, like kind of scare you to get in, get you in the mood for what's about to or what we're about to get into and all that. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I was just so confused as the motivations behind like both sides. Like, why was Asia like why was Asia super like keen on harboring this AI, and then why was America super keen on going after like every AI they could find? And then I was also confused because they're like okay ai is banned in america now but then uh what's her face we're just talking uh allison janey's character how wasn't she using ai to get these people to like talk whenever they would die for like the last like 30 seconds of their life or something like that so i was like okay so america still has ai technology so what what's what america's twisted it to fit their needs so the the new king of LA was like kind of America's new Pearl Harbor. That's kind of how I took it to like get them into another war. Um, and I did kind of like some of the parallels that you can see with the American military versus like how America's been in real life in some of our conflicts of like seeing how scary some of our stuff is when we're just coming in and like wiping out all these villages. Like kind of seems like a little bit of like the Iraq war when we said we were there for oil um, or we said we were there for like terrorists and things like that, but we really were just there for oil also kind of felt a little bit like the Vietnam War when we shouldn't have been there either. So I was kind of watching this movie and being like, this is a pretty good, like, uh, what's the right parallel? word? This, yeah, this is a pretty good parallel for how the American military has been in the past in our real world. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. And once we got more details, that's where it started to maybe falter a little bit. But I think the premise itself, like we're talking about, was very sound. And I, I understand Keith's point, but I mean, like, the East and West conflict over AI specifically, I thought was kind of a cool idea. Um, I wasn't expecting that wrinkle. Neither. I thought it was going to be the entire no. world was at war yeah, with AI. And having yeah. kind of maybe the more East, because and maybe that's just, you know, my perspective, but I kind of feel like, you know, they're more technology forward. So the idea of them kind of pushing this in a theoretical, whether it be a fictional movie or just a story or, what, or in real life, whatever it may be. I was like, okay, I, I could see that. I could see them pushing it in a more positive direction, whereas I would see us in the in the West being more like potentially dangerous or scary or like warmongering about it. I also took the East and West divisions in the movie as in the East, AI and robots were more integrated into right, society, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. in the West, yeah. they were more tools and were more kind of like at one point they say slaves. Yeah. So. It's probably was harder to separate, even if like the everyday people in the East saw a nuke go off and got scared. They probably have an AI robot as their neighbor that is like part of their family and friends. So they weren't able, to, they weren't as able to cut ties as the West was. Mm-hmm. They introduce is that, America like banning and then they AI. skip several decades, and then like, oh, here's our story. And it's like this yeah. the story you're telling isn't very interesting. So like, I, I, I hear you. Well, with us, confusion us talking yeah. about it, us talking about it sounds a lot cooler and more interesting than what the movie actually gave us which is why at the beginning i said i wish this had been a show because i really do want to explore the future of this world and these characters and these conflicts and we just didn't have enough time in this movie to do like to get real deep into some of this stuff yeah like the uh, the character of maya you know john david washington's character was undercover in new asia and on whatever island he was on at the beginning with her you know they were she was pregnant with his kid he had been, you know, that he's been there for years, and he fell in love with her and all that. Um, 
But and and so whenever the Americans show up, Nomad shows up, and that well, that team of Americans show up on the beach and all that. And he's like, I don't have. I think it was Kermod or something like that. What's the name of the uh, like the creator or whatever? I can't remember oh, the name of sir. it. I'm Nermada. Nermada, yeah. Nermada, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't, Nermada's not here. Nermada's not here, and all that. So that was a whole other thing. I was like, well, okay, what what does Nermada have to do with this? Like, did, did Nermada create just a, a certain type of AI that was in in um, the little girl? The Nermada thing was not explained. Very well at all. They give you that definition at the beginning of the movie, and then they never went any deeper. I think the way I took it was the Maya's family was like a descendant of the original AI creators. So in the AI's like programming and code, their creator is like their god. So because Maya like is a descendant of her father, who was another creator, like I think that family like kind of bloodline is. Well, whoever is like the active one designing and building more advanced robots is the present Nermada. Yeah. But then they also have John David Washington being kind of like a like a back and forth player initially as well. So it's like, who am I supposed to root for? And I think that's something you talked about, Keith, in the non-spoiler section. It's like, yeah. I can understand his growth like years later, but like originally you do wonder about that kind of stuff too. It's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of back and forth jumping here. I think it makes sense at the beginning why he was back and forth because his family was killed in the bombing. Yeah. And at the time, he only knew that the AI set the bomb off. So that's how he got involved in the war. And the whole time he was with Maya, he didn't realize she was Nermato. So maybe he would have flipped onto the AI side if, if she had been more upfront about that. But then if she had told him earlier, maybe she would have he would have turned her in to the American military. So that relationship like by itself, I feel like could have been the, the whole movie. But it's covered in six minutes in the intro. Yeah, and then well, and then it cuts five years later, and he's working in L.A. like Ground Zero, L.A. Yep. cleaning yep. up like aftermath from the bomb and all that. And then they, then they they wanted to use him for his knowledge of that area and and how they work and all that. Um, so that makes sense. So he wasn't really on board with the Americans anyway when he comes back, or or sorry, when they come back to recruit him again, he was already kind of like, ah, uh, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so what did you guys think about? the way they told the story with it like being divided in the chapters and then also interlaced with flashbacks it also made to me the story way more convoluted and confusing than it had to be because the chapters are called like the creator the child the mother things like that but they don't actually like change the substance or like the point of view of the story when you go in each chapter it literally picks up right where the movie was before they cut to the black and show you the title screen so that was like very weird to me i was like why are we in a new chapter the exact same thing is happening that was yeah, already why happening. are you cutting to black to show us a chapter title like are you just trying yeah. to be artsy <laughs> because i don't know why you're doing this <laughs> like it added nothing yeah. <laughs> the first time they did it i was like oh this is That's cool fair. yeah the first we're gonna time see cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna see a chapter with john david washington we're gonna see a chapter with like the kid as our main right, lead, right. and then maybe we'll see a chapter with Maya. But instead, it's yeah. John David Washington the whole yep. movie. Yeah, there's got to be a cut out there that it just explains everything better. I feel like they just cut this to where they're focusing too much on like the personal story aspect of it between John David Washington and and Maya and uh, Alpha O, the daughter, the AI daughter. Um, where you're, you can tell they're trying to like 
make you really feel like sympathetic for their like their family storyline and all that. I'm just it just I just wasn't buying it the entire time. I'm like I don't feel anything for this because you're just not because everything around it is sloppy. So I, I I I can't feel the what you're trying to make us feel for the family aspect of this AI slash human relationship. So. And I think that gets into a broader issue with the side characters, because I, I agree with you, Keith. There's not a lot of time of just John David Washington and Alpha O together alone oh. getting to know each other. There's always other characters involved. And then out of nowhere, they're like on each other's side. But they don't have like a come to terms moment. He's kind of an ass to her for the majority of the movie. Um, so I, I didn't buy by the end when they like truly care about each other. But I think that's also a broader like side character issue in the movie because there are a lot of interesting characters i was super interested in his sergeant who originally put him undercover yeah and then later when they meet back up he's now living in new asia and has a synthetic uh partner yeah why why did we not spend more time explaining that character they're, they're both yeah. dead and gone within six minutes that being said though when they focus on the explosions and the actual combat like oh, conflicts yeah. it's cool yep. as shit there's yeah. some really cool like premises in this uh, movie. Like we touched on the Nomad, um, those like suicide robot bombers that like run in and oh, blow up. Yeah. Those are terrifying as shit when you just hear the stomping. Mm-hmm. Um, the way like some of the missiles work in this thing look awesome. They have like a a walking tank that is just leveling entire huts. Like there's so much cool pieces of tech in this in this movie. Just the design of all of it too. Like I mean, like that takes a lot of people behind the scenes to figure out how that looks and the way i will say that the way the nomad looks that ship i think that's going to stick around for a while it's i so think cool. um yeah and w- when i say that i don't mean that like we're going to see it like randomly pop up in something else i just think that that ship design you might see elements of it like replicated in other pieces of media um but it was it was pretty incredible and like that, I feel like that might be the thing I'm thinking about the most with this movie. It's just like the way that ship was designed, I thought was so cool. Even when they're up there and he's like riding the missile cargoes to like get dropped down, yep. even that was cool as shit. Yeah, and I loved when we see the missiles that don't explode like crash into the ground, like how big they were. Those are big yeah, fucking bombs. Right, right. I didn't realize how big they were, yeah, Austin, until that one was not detonated and it just slides on the ground. Um, even like the small stuff too, like the, like the vehicles on the ground, like the trucks and stuff. Like you think that old rusted trucks, like an old, like an actual truck mm-hmm. until, uh, Alpha O gets in it and turns it on and you're like, oh shit, there's like a Tesla inside, like a, a more advanced <laughs> those, Tesla. Yeah, those look like truck. straight out of Blade Runner. Oh, I was going to bring up, cause we brought up the, his old sergeant friend or whatever mm-hmm. with his AI girlfriend. Well, okay. This, and this brought up more questions as I was watching it. Cause she was ordering ice cream. Mm-hmm. I get into the ice <laughs> and cream. And I'm like, okay, do AIs? It. Yeah. So do AIs eat? Do they have like a an electrical digestive system or some sort? I, I think the simulants do because we see all of the simulants we see at some point do eat. Like the right. um, uh, what's his name? Haroon's Haroon's soldiers are like smoking and drinking when they have downtime. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then they also have like they must have like tear ducts too because they're crying. So, yeah, I was just wondering about all that because they're not, they're so human, like, like to the point of eating and crying and all that. And this is my own assumption. The movie didn't tell us this, but I bet they gave them human traits and characteristics in order for them to better integrate into society. Yeah. 
and emotions and all that. That would have been such a more so interesting feel... movie. It's like introducing human-like AI into this so that maybe like left's questions are asked or something, and then something happens like 20 years later with like a conflict. Like, I don't know. And then they're involved, but yeah, I, I'm with you guys there. I just don't know why we didn't delve into more of this side character stuff. Like, I'll, I'll just say it. And it's not a controversial statement. If you're going to cast Ken Watanabe, he shouldn't be used this little. I'm going to say it. He calls him brother. Like, and multiple I don't know times. why. I'm not, so they I'm had not a sure relationship. <laughs> 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 I wanted to know more about his relationships with that entire crew. Because yeah. John David Washington was undercover with Huron and that whole squad that's kind of hunting him for a little bit, too. I was that that happened, and then they didn't delve more into that. So, yeah. That's weird to me. How is that not taking up more of this movie? How do we not know more about John David Washington's character? <laughs> like, his past, <laughs> yeah. like, we just, like, keep kind of skipping time, like, oh, this happened five years later, one year later. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Weird. <laughs> I really liked uh, when the big tank is raiding that village and there's a robot that gets a tracking beacon put under them and they're running to like take mm. cover. And then there's like a family of humans and robots and they like back themselves away and sacrifice themselves. That mm. robot was part of that squad with Haroon. So like John David Washington probably knew that robot too. So I, I would have liked to see his relationship with all of these characters. Yeah. They forgot to film it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the four-hour Edwards cut. (laughs) But yeah, he was a straight double... That's what I was like saying earlier. Like It was so hard to know who to root for and all that because he was a straight double agent pretty much. I mean, like on the bridge, like the bridge scene, like you mentioned, Austin, with the suicide uh, bomber AIs like running across the bridge and you had that one... The one part of... The one sequence where Alpha O is... She stops one of the... um, One of the the bombers mid-track and... And then he ends up, or uh, John David Washington ends up shooting the other uh, sergeant on the bridge because I guess he was aiming at Ken Watanabe, I think. Uh, so no, he yeah, was aiming at Ao, or maybe he was aiming at Ao. Okay, right? Because like there was like a time in the movie that he had to kill her. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I was just so confused about John Washington's like motivations as a character. <laughs> I couldn't tell what he was trying to do. So. I- I do think it's confusing with the actual characters of who you're supposed to be rooting for, but I think the movie does make a case that the AI robots are the victims in this story. And and I agree with that. And that's what I, I think that's my favorite thing about it. I just, I got like weird tenant vibes with this movie when it came to John David Washington in both this and that, because it's like, Hey, here's our main character. We're going to tell you literally zero about him, but we expect you to root for him and love him. And I'm like, at the end of both movies, I'm like, uh, how and why would I do that? <laughs> so <laughs> that's the weird thing. It's like He's such a good actor and he's so good in both those movies I just named and this one too, of course. But I don't know. I, I just don't think these are the right roles for him because I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. He's good at action though. He oh, looked, yeah, he looked no, good at all the action scenes. Everything. I, I, I'm a big fan he's of good. his. I'm a big fan. It's just... And like Tenet and this specifically, I'm like, well, I guess maybe you're going to work with these like great directors. But other than that, I, I, I don't see the point. <laughs> I liked I liked early on his interactions with AO 
sure. whenever he's like, you want to play a game, help your friend not get murdered by the police. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff I yeah. thought was fun. We just never got to like the heartwarming side of it until the last seven minutes yeah, of the movie. It was very weird that like they jumped from that scene to like basically nothing of substance in the middle and then that at the end. And it was like, oh, okay. Wish we got more of this. <laughs> so we should, we should touch on the big reveal that gets glossed over, which is the original Pearl Harbor of this movie, the LA nuking. Ken Watanabe reveals it was a human coding error that caused the bomb to go off. And everybody was lied to about the initial cause of the war because the West didn't want to admit that a human accidentally bombed. Just as a premise, the idea of an AI telling a human, hey, that crazy event that happened, uh, that wasn't AI. That was human error. And now because you all think it was AI, you hate all of us. And it's like a very like great piece of writing, I think, because we're all now in 2023 scared about AI. But there is like a fun like element of writing where they're like, well, hey, you know, if we got introduced, what if AI was totally cool? <laughs> what if they were like peacekeepers and all that and they didn't do anything wrong, but because they could be blamed on something, they were blamed on something. And then you find out like decades later, oh, no, that that was the humans. It's like, fuck, <laughs> like pretty cool. It, pretty cool. In that same in that same scene, it's such good delivery from Ken Montanabi when he goes, do you know what's going to happen when we win this war? Nothing, because we just yep. want to be free. We're not going to yep. retaliate. I thought that was perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty crazy. I forgot about that reveal, Austin, to be honest. <laughs> That's a huge reveal. Well, it's it's 30 seconds of the movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with all the reveals. It, it, so never, <laughs> it never comes up. It never comes up yeah. again. It's never yeah. brought up. Even when John David Washington is talking with the government officials or any of that, he has an opportunity to say, hey, did you know the AI didn't nuke LA? And it, it's no. never brought up. He was like, busy. Oh, okay, he was cool. busy. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that's the like the great stuff about this movie it's like i don't know clearly the writers had like great ideas but they only settled on them for like 30 seconds or a minute at a time and it's like no this is this is what it should be like kind of expand the premise a bit more i think this movie would have been an all-timer potentially but you know yeah. Well, then I think I think the writers probably saw like the cool tech in like explosions, and they're like, "Well, we gotta spend more time there." <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Before we close out here, let's get into some Arnie's podcast awards. Of course, this is the part of our show where we take something from the thing we just talked about, whether it be positive, negative, or something in between. It's just something that we think deserves a specific award. So, Austin and Keith. What do you think the creator deserves an award for? Yeah, I'm going to give the future $300 Lego playset award uh, to the Nomad because this thing is going to be the hottest Christmas gift this year. You're going to want to build that Nomad out of Legos. Unfortunately, this movie failed. I I think they're going to put out that Lego set. There's going to be nobody except Austin that buys it. Um, It's going to be... The Nomad looks so cool alone, though, that kids are going to see it and be like, Oh, wow, I need the Nomad! Is my favorite actor John David Washington on that? And the dad's gonna be like, how do you know John David Washington? I can't wait to nuke some huts. <laughs> I can't wait to blow some huts, guys. Oh no. Get to use your blue scanner first though. Of course you do. 
That scanner was scary. I was scared about it. Yeah. What you got? Keep- I know. What was scary? The Death Star scanner or that scanner from the, from the Nomad? I would say the Death Star because I always expect whenever I see light come out of the Death Star thing that I'm going to die on the planet that I'm on immediately after. Whereas with the Nomad, <laughs> there's potential that you could just get scanned. And I guess maybe that's it. But with the Death Star, your entire you and your entire planet will blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but then later the man that fired that death star is gonna s- kill one bad guy and he was redeemed. redeemed he's my hero anakin skywalker um <laughs> how dare you he's the chosen one <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna give the questionable wig award and this goes to john david washington i was so confused by his hair in this scene or on, in this movie i mean Because he has like the blonde afro going on Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then five years later, he's kind of got like the cornrow dreads thing kind of going on. And then he goes, when he goes back at one point to go in to see the comatose uh, Maya, he's got the, he's got the blonde afro again. I'm like, where's this coming from? Yeah. Before he was this (laughs) weird double, triple, or maybe quadruple agent, he was a hairdresser. (laughs) 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 Guys, I have. A controversial award. So I'm just going to preface my award with this statement. And I know people don't love this, but I am a Q-tip user when it comes to my ears. I know people say... You're pushing it deeper. I know they say you shouldn't use it. You're pushing it deeper. It. You got to get some I suction. Know, but Austin, are you guys Q-tip users? Very quickly, I need to know. No. Every now okay. and then. I will say this, regardless of my Q-tip use, when I saw the simulants and their kind of like ear area being these like crazy like robot AI hole things, I was like, I just want to put a Q-tip in there. I couldn't stop thinking about (laughs) it. Well, with that, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over an Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever your podcast really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. In last week, Matt and I got together to put out our thoughts and predictions for the Ahsoka mm. finale. So if you want to hear us talk about kind of the middle of that show, be sure to go check that episode out. And Matt, I haven't seen the Ahsoka finale yet, but I just want to know, answer me one question. Did any of our predictions come correct? None. I don't think really any of our theories came true. Bits and pieces of them did. But um, all I can say is there's been talks about Ahsoka season two now. We already knew there was a movie coming out later, but now they're talking about a season two. And I'm like, I want season two bad. I can't wait. All right. All right. All righty. <clears throat> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Chewy. <laughs> Harrison, is that you? <laughs> all right. And lastly, we want to hear from you guys. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's media at gmail.com. What did you think of the creator? Is this AI future about to come true? Have you ever been scared and lost in a movie theater like Matt was? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week. It's going to be a good one. See ya. Stand by. Not off. <laughs> <laughs>